Welcome back to the Our View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Chef Melissa Lee. Join our conversation as we discuss her experience of raising a son who has an autism diagnosis and the health benefits of cooking with Asian ingredients. So I want to welcome everybody back to another episode of the Our View podcast. On today's episode, we have my uh, very special guest, Melissa Lee. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Melissa, and uh, we are happy to have you here today and to uh, have a, a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. So if you could, could you just give us a brief introduction about who you are and what you do and uh, any fun facts that you would like to share with our audience today? Oh, hey, Arthur. First, this is my pleasure. Uh, such an honor to be here with you. Uh, I am Chef Melissa, Melissa Lee. I am the owner of a food and lifestyle brand, Cooking Beautifully. Uh, we launched our brand uh, during the pandemic. We offer like a cooking tip, cooking videos, and, um, you know, sometimes food and politics, some thought-provoking articles and um, we also host a Zoom cooking class. We have cooking club for people to join us. Our mission is to build a community and bring people together to celebrate food, cultural and curiosity. So a fun fact about me, uh, oh, uh, mm, KitKat, KitKat is my weakness. But I, you know, like, oh. I, I, like I like to collect KitKat all different kind of uh, KitKat. Like when you, if you go to uh, Asian supermarket like HMAR, they have green tea KitKat, Earl Grey KitKat, um, ta taro KitKat, uh, any any flavor of KitKat. If I see a new one, I feel like I, I must have it. And <laughs> I, I need to collect them. So yes, I teach people how to make healthy food, but you know, sometimes I do like to indulge with a little bit junk food as well. Hey, I think we all do. I personally, I'm not a, um, I'm not a chocolate person. I, it's so interesting. I don't eat fruit, but I like all the artificial fruit flavored candies. So I, okay. yeah. so I'm a, uh, I'm a Starburst and Skittles fan. So oh, yes, yes. So definitely try the, I think there was a strawberry cheesecake Kit Kat. And also there is a cherry blossom flavor. Those are so good. Yeah. I had no idea. There were so many, yes. <laughs> so many yes. flavors of Kit Kats. But That's I really fun. Sometimes it's not, I don't know if you can order from Amazon, but now I know you like this stuff. I will, you know, I will go do some research for you. <laughs> there are some value, valuable resource with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, our next uh, topic of conversation, you and I, we met um, very, um, I won't say randomly, because I, I believe that, you know, all connections are meant to happen. We met through a Zoom vision board event, correct? <laughs> That's, yes, 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 yeah, I, yes. I just yes, forgot the word yes. vision board for some reason. <laughs> yes, <laughs> through yes, the, yes. Um, through the good end, yeah. um, through the Good End brand, uh, which is uh, owned and operated by our friend uh, Brittany, 
And uh, yes. that was such a great, a great fun event to participate in uh, because there were maybe 15 of us there on the Zoom call and we were able to walk mm -hmm. each other through and, and give each other um, some ideas of, of what uh, to put on our vision board and, and just, just to be open and, and uh, vulnerable with each other was such a, a great experience for, for me, for sure. I, I had a good time with it. Um, I had so much good time. And also, I think uh, because of that event, I was able to get to know you and get to know the mission that you, you know, you have for your platform. And, you know, um, I, I mean, I really just admire that you're going to share your experience and have other people to share their experience. So, because a lot of time when we think about some challenge, we think about some, I, maybe we can say suffering and we don't mm -hmm. know why, 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 why it happened to me. But when you are, when you have a calling, when you have a mission, then you understand, wow, actually all those challenges that I have faced, those mountains that I have climbed, I can share my experience and I, I can help people. So I was very touched, you know, when I got to know you through that uh, vision board activity. I think what I got was not just about making a board, it was really you know, met some incredible people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, I love what you just said that um, when we have challenges, we always, you know, our first response is why me or, you know, mm -hmm. why am I going through these challenges? And I think, well, I, I don't think I know for sure. That's why I created this whole uh, mm -hmm. platform because I want to change that. I want to change the way that people see those who live with disabilities and, um, you know, we, we like to have great fun and, and do fun things. And, and I just want to uh, give a little bit of insight and give a chance, uh, give a platform for people to share their stories uh, mm -hmm. with a wider audience who may not have otherwise heard of, of them. So, uh, which leads us into our next topic, actually, which is uh, your son, he was um, diagnosed with autism. And yes, yeah. We can get my little guy come over here. Hey, Max. <laughs> Max, come here. So this is my son. Max, can you say hi? Well, hi so Max. as you can see, he's not really verbal, uh -huh. right? And he has uh, some limited eye contact. Max, can you look at mommy? Look at mommy. Good night. Nice. Good looking. Okay, you can go play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, you can see my little man. He's very handsome. But uh, when he was uh, two year two year old, um, because I noticed other children are all talking, he was not talking, mm -hmm. and also he he will focus on one toy or one activity. Let's say when I took him to the playground, and here is the slide, right? And you know, in some slide, there are some little holes, right? right. Uh, you know, he just will spend hours to put wood chips repetitively to the hole, to the hole, to the hole, to the hole. He wouldn't go interact with other children. He wouldn't interact with me. He was just repetitively doing something and kind of seemed to be so enjoy in his little universe, you know, mm -hmm. doing that. So, you know some of his behavior and the uh, language delay, I was a little bit concerned. So then I took him to see 
um, a neuropsych doctor and got to know that he has autism. And so he started early intervention uh, treatment since he was two. Uh, but, you know, the gap between he and typical developing children is getting wider and wider. And by the time I think he was four or four and a half year old, he got the diagnosed not just autism, but also uh, intellectual disability. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's, um, it was nice to meet him uh, virtually. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully one day. <laughs> Hopefully one day I'll yes. be able to uh, meet you all in person. That's the, uh, yeah, that that's the, great. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal of. One thing uh, I can promise to be my friend is anywhere you go, I take you to a nice restaurant and because, you know, I'm a chef, I know a lot of chef friends and yes. treat you as VIP, never suffer from eating bad food with me. Yes. <laughs> you you yes. speak you speak my language. I love food and I love yes, good food. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. and if you find yourself in Boston, call me. I will I promise I will come with a free flavor, a different kind of Kit Kat for you. Okay. okay. All for you. Fruit, yes. Fruitful, like fruitful or fruit flavor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I look forward to the good food and the uh different flavored <laughs> Kit Kats when I come to Boston the next time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the story uh, about your son and, and just talking about how how you noticed how he would focus on the one thing, like you said, at the playground. And um, but yet at the same time, you said he was focusing on the one thing, but he was so content and so happy with, you know, just yes. being in his own in his own space and, and doing his own thing. That's really yes. uh, yeah, it's a great observation on your part to really uh, recognize that at such an early age for him. Uh, can you discuss, um, a, a lot of times when you hear about autism, you hear about um, sensory issues and things like that that accompany the diagnosis a lot of times in children. Uh, can you discuss some of the sensory issues and uh, some of the uh, issues that, he, uh, that your son had with uh, eating? Well, I think that the sensory Okay, so first I'm gonna just just talk about um, sensory issue in general, not, not just about eating, but then later I will go cover eating because I am a chef. So yes. <laughs> uh, sensory in general will be, I think he's also very sensi sensitive to, to noise. So let's say when we go to a restroom, uh, the noise from a hand dryer might be okay for all of us, but it, it can be very, very noisy for him. And I, I, you know, we all, me and my little girl, um, whenever we are doing some chore, we always want to include him. But let's say yesterday we were making uh, orange juice, but when you put the, the uh, orange on the juicer, you will make the noise and it's not even that loud. It's like, but right. you know, he, he just, he, he cannot handle that. So um, that's very hard for him. Um, and also other sensory issue would be like, it's very hard for him to wear sweater. <clears throat> oh yeah. Because those, you know, the, I don't know the, the wood, oh, oh, sorry, wool, you know. Yeah, the fibers from the material. Yes, it bothers him. So it has to be, you know, the cotton and soft shirt, then that will work. Mm -hmm. um, and also, like, a lot of time he was suddenly, you know, doing certain things like, you know, use his finger to 
to touch at the hard surface because he need that sensory in, input. And mm -hmm. I have, um, uh, you know, I live in a, uh, I rent a, an apartment and I have neighbor live downstairs. And I think during the pandemic, because we all need to stay home and he, he need to do this to the floor. Uh, and then it just kind of generates some noise and to explain to people that he has that sensory issue that he needs that kind of stimulating, how to say stimulus. It's, uh -huh. um, yeah, it's hard for people to understand why he needs those sensory input. But I, I, you know, I think sensory is, is just an issue overall. And in terms of eating, then uh, when he was little, he was almost on a white diet. He only eat um, pasta, rice, and uh, chicken nugget, um, French fries, anything white you eat. And I took him to a feeding therapy because um, you know, I love food and I wonder why I make so much effort to cook all different kinds of delicious food. He just will not eat it. I was uh, sad and frustrated. But then I learned that he has that sensory issue. So like for us, uh, uh, you know, like for us as a chef, how we define if a dish is good, not just the flavor aspect. We also think about texture a lot, right? right. When you have a you know, think about ice cream sundae. You have something soft, yes. <laughs> right? And 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 you rice smooth, but also on top, you usually there's a candy, pecan or caramel popcorn. You want something, yeah, something you know, crunchy, crispy, crunchy, right? And then all those combinations will make a dish taste so good. <laughs> but probably doesn't work for my little man. Like if if it's two ice cream, Hagen Dazs and Ben and Jerry. He's a haagen person because it's very smooth and the, in terms of the texture, it's quite easy for him to handle. Mm -hmm. He can only be all soft and chewy or all super crispy like lace chips then, you know, he would, he would okay. eat the chips. And so at that time, the feeding therapy, we started to use a special brush to brush his entire mouth just to desensitize. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote down, we have a sensory hierarchy we need to uh, break. So every time we will take a new food we want him to try, we start with smell. So first, at least, you know, he's willing to smell it, right? right. And then we try a couple of times and then we start to, uh, after smell, it would be kiss. Then you, you just <laughs> kiss oh, yeah. the And then bite, okay? How about take a first bite, right? After we have gone through, smell, kiss, bite, then you'll be chew and swallow. But it's really just to break down, you know, all those different steps when you enjoy a food. And also I think it's actually not just eating. I think with a child who has a disability, uh, no, sorry, intellectual disability, a lot of things when we want to teach him, you know, it's not like, uh, how to say, several step instruction will be too complicated. He might get lost after okay. he finished the first uh, instruction. So to break things down into different instruction uh, has been, you know, quite important. Yeah. Yeah. To really take it step by step is um, it's really great. And I mean, it's, I think for people 
uh, even people without intellectual disabilities and without autism, you know, we smell our food too. It's that's, you know, that's <laughs> part of the, that's part of the experience of, you know, not yes. just what it looks yes. like, what it tastes like, you know, but what it smells like and all of that, that's all part of uh, an eating experience, I think for everybody. So that's, um, yes, so for you to really, yeah. yeah, for you to really break it down like that step-by-step, step, it, it really, it makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> So I, I, I'm 100% with you. So on my website, actually, one of the most popular uh, article that I wrote about parenting was an uh, article called, uh, Did I Screw Up My Kids? Talking about picky eater. Because, you know, <laughs> it's not just, you know, children in the spectrum might end up being a picky eater. A typical child might be a, a, a picky eater. And I think for a parent to be like super hardcore, like, oh, you must eat it. You know, like right. they, can, they can try this approach to start with a smell, kiss, you know? Right. And then, yeah. right? Although I think that's a good strategy. Anyways. Yeah, that really is. Cause it, it really breaks it down step-by-step step of, uh, mm -hmm. of how, mm -hmm. how to process everything. I think that's a great, uh, a great, mechanism for for a lot of people to use because <laughs> there are many yes. uh many picky eaters i was uh yes. definitely a picky eater in my earlier years and even in my adult years too i won't lie about that um yeah, i, I would, yeah, yeah i didn't good. like um I, I still don't but i didn't like a lot of fruit um <laughs> i didn't like i didn't like any fruit actually and i still don't um eat fruit but okay. uh yeah yeah, but and I, I didn't how honest you are. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't like um I didn't like jello either because oh. I it, yeah, because it moved. I told my mom. And <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? And and it was just it was the strangest thing, but I never liked it and I still just I don't um you know, I don't I don't even eat it today, but mm -hmm. it's a, a texture thing for me with the fruit. The fruits were very I didn't like the texture of them. Uh, but I love vegetables and uh, eat vegetables all the time. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we all have our, yes, our things that I we know, like or dislike. Yeah, yeah. If there's one thing I can share with other parents or even adults, it's just really, um, we don't need to feel like we need to compete with each other. Like, oh, my children can eat all, you know, all different kinds of food and your right. child, you know, like, eh. you know, I mean, one thing, I think I, I learned is really to be less judging, you know, when you have a child who mm -hmm. is kind of different from typical developing child. But also the other thing is as an adult, I would say before I went to culinary school, before I work in commercial kitchen, actually <clears throat> my palate totally changed. So before I actually didn't eat spicy food and I will never eat fusion, I would get so mad because I feel like those people are messing around with my cultural heritage. You know, I used mm -hmm. to be very judging, right? Yeah. So after I went to culinary school, I work with all different kinds of chefs and also in the commercial kitchen, if you need to create a dish, you have to open to all different kinds of cuisine, right? And try different, uh, how to say, condiments, spice from all different region. And yeah. also I got to work with people from all different how to say, uh, cultural background, then, you know, so then, you know, even in my 30s, my palate is still constantly evolved. So who knows, right. you know, maybe one day after decide to, 
you know, uh, continue your mission in Asia, right? And you yes. met a beautiful Asian woman and it started to like ramen or, yeah. you know, kimchi, <laughs> right? And you will be like, how come I didn't know uh, this delicious thing, right? You right. Know, so, no, don't worry about it. Time will come. Yes. If it's meant to be, then, then your palate, you know, constantly evolve. I think it's just life experience. People's palate will still constantly evolve. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's a great uh, entry into our next, uh, <laughs> our next topic of discussion, okay. which uh, okay. you mentioned you are a chef, which mm-hmm. I think is the coolest thing I do. Uh, you know, I, I do some very minor cooking around my house. I, I live by myself, oh. so I, I cook uh-huh. for myself a lot. Uh, wow. And, I, okay. and I, do like Asian, um, I do like Asian uh, dishes and things like that a lot. So uh, can you talk about uh, some of the health benefits that are associated with uh, Asian cooking and ingredients and the spices? I know there are some uh, great mm. benefits to uh, that style of cooking. Oh, okay. So, um, hmm. first, uh, if, if we want to think about Asian cooking, like from a diet aspect, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of children uh, in the spectrum are on gluten-free diet. So for, you know, if you, if you enjoy Asian food, uh, because uh, in Asia, we mainly eat rice, so it's very easy uh, to adopt a gluten-free diet uh, because let's say for snack, tons of super delicious rice crackers. You like snack, you, you should try mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so rice crackers. And then um, we cook a lot of rice and also a lot of rice noodles. So like the Thai dish Pad Thai, right? It's yeah. rice noodle, right? And also, um, so gluten-free is very easy to achieve. And also when you think about like, I am going to host a Zoom cooking lesson to teach people how to make a Thai pancake. It's made of rice flour, rice flour and uh, shredded coconut. So just totally no, yeah, no flour at all. And with the fresh banana, maybe you will convert loving food. Anyway, my, my point is, yes, for gluten-free, it's easy. And also for vegetarian diet, that's quite easy because uh, I, you know, like, okay, when you, when you cook a pad thai, uh, it can easily become a vegetarian dish and you add tofu instead. But I would argue that, you know, um, you know, because let's say Taiwan or Thailand, there are a lot of Buddhists. So there are actually tons of restaurants that only serve vegetarian food with a huge variety. And when you think of, when you come here, if you are vegetarian, sometimes you have to suffer a bit. You either have salad or steamed vegetable, right? And then that's it, right? You order side dish while other people order entree, right? right. Don't you think so? But yeah. like, you know, like, I, I, would, I would argue that stir fried rice, patai or whatnot, even if you omit the meat, even without tofu, it's still very delicious. Not to mention if you add tofu, you add some protein. And, and also, I mean, when you think about, let's say Thai cuisine, Taiwanese cuisine, you think about the aromatic component, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you cook a tam kakai, you have galangal, kavir lime leaf, that citrusy um, aroma, I feel like you're walking in the pine forest after rain, right? Those. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
aromatic and the lemongrass, right? So we cook the broth with all those aromatic components and later we throw it away. But when the guests enjoy it, they will be like, oh, this is so complex, this is so delicious. The, the aromatic component and the spice will make you feel so satisfied. So I, I mean, I had this like, not so not judging, but I would say like, when you go to any Asian country, you go to our supermarket or grocery, do grocery shopping, you actually don't see too much sugar-free, low-fat, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of diet food. But I really would argue the healthy lifestyle is not low-fat, low-carb, low-whatnot, or low-calorie is you have some good aromatic component, you have some spice. Um, because here, like people think about spice, they think about Thanksgiving. No, you use it all year round. You, right. you, you spice up whenever you want. You don't lock your spice in the cabinet and you're like, oh, it's Thanksgiving, that's an open my cabinet and spice up. No, that's because the thing is, when your food tastes complex, when, mm -hmm. when, when it has a lot of spice, you actually get really satisfied that you right. don't overeat. Yeah, you don't eat right? more. Yeah, you eat. You don't. Yeah, because you you, you think about this when uh, if it's low fat and if it's a low carb or whatnot, and in order to make the food still taste okay, actually, that there might be a lot of how to say artificial component add to the food. Mm -hmm. First, we're not so sure if that's that kind of process, the food is good for us, right? And second, in the end of the day, if the food is planned, you know, I'm a chef. Don't don't sell me and say, oh, this is good for your health. No, if it's not delicious, I'm not going to eat it. It has to be <laughs> delicious first. And then say, hey, it's healthy. I'll be like, okay, I'll give you a right. try. So, <laughs> so for me, it really has to be delicious. And what I believe is, okay, I have done the... Uh, experiment I make two banana bread and one I add all different kind of spice smoked cinnamon clove whatnot uh different kind of spice so when I ate it you know with such complexity in terms of flavor and a little bit walnut and the texture and I was like oh this is so good but let's say I can have this amount and I already feel like so happy right mm -hmm. and then the other one is like plan, you know, not so much spice, pretty basic and no nuts. So the texture is kind of planned. But anyway, my whole point is just, you know, I think in general, I would say if you want to eat healthy, actually, you really do want to learn how to, you know, use good spice or aromatic component to make your food complex. And that way, you get really satisfied, you don't overeat. And I think obesity is also a big problem in US. A lot of people, they uh, have either heart attack or uh, diabetic. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is just, uh, uh, um, oh, I think now a lot of people are trying to avoid dairy. They want more plant-based plant food. And that's very easy to achieve uh, through Asian food as well, because uh, you know, like Italian food, when you think about those Alfredo sauce, those, mm -hmm. you know, you cannot avoid cheese or cream to achieve yeah. that flavor, right? That rich, uh, you know, texture. But for us, you know, you can have green curry, 
um, yellow curry, uh, mesamine curry, whatever Thai food, and it's a uh, coconut milk based. Mm -hmm. And also you can use coconut milk. I have one recipe on my website. It's a Thai smoothie, and it's just like super delicious with all those uh, aromatic component and the herbs and oh, yeah. <laughs> you know no dairy uh, dairy free so that's good and then oh and then uh, one more thing is just the way we handle food um because um, a lot of time we like to steam food like we steam dumplings we steam buns and we steam rice so you know when you when or steam fish so think about this when you defry a fish or when you defry or bake. So when you defry a fish, the trick to defry anything and make it delicious is the temperature has to be right. right. Otherwise, the food will come out really greasy and you don't get a crunchy texture you mm -hmm. like. Very mm -hmm. important, the oil temperature has to be at least 375 degree. But think about when the temperature is so high or when you bake something in the oven, sometimes it it's, it can be even like around 420 degree, right? When we bake fish. But then that way it's, you know, it's very intense. While as when you steam, like a lot of time, if my student want to learn how to uh, cook healthy food, we will make a steamed sea bass. Then it's it's just a one pot dinner or one pot lunch, super easy. You have a, uh, you know, you have a Japanese ceramic, pot and then at the bottom you kind of layer some cabbage on top you put your sea bass and then you make a Japanese sauce uh you know and then pour the sauce over cover mm -hmm. it steam mm -hmm. it for eight minutes your fish is ready you're not even like sweating you know deep fry and all those things and it's cooked so gently it's like so flaky rich and just like you know, melt in your mouth and really, really healthy and goes so well with a bowl of brown rice. So I really think, you know, people can, I, I also think, um, oh, so sorry. So I think people should take advantage of the uh, Asian cooking method and also the spice, uh, the fresh herbs that, or the aromatic components such as the galangal, kaffir lime leaf, uh, or lemongrass. But the other thing is also my approach to food is really whatever suits you, okay? So in the beginning, let's say, if you just want to play, if you just want to explore a little bit, but you are not ready to dive into Asian food, that's totally fine. Uh, so like one cooking video that I made was a five spice apple cider donut, right? Oh, so when you make donut, instead of dipping cinnamon sugar, Add a little bit five spice to your cinnamon sugar or five spice to your sugar and dip your, you know, uh, donut. And uh, it was really good, by the way. <laughs> so a lot of time, I think, you know, it's just like, you know, you can start from, you can go hardcore, you know, oh, I'm just going to fly to Bangkok and I'm going to eat my way and all, bring me all the authentic Asian food. That's okay. But if you want to start, you know, just play with some Asian component in your everyday dish, I think that's totally fine too. Yeah, yeah that's a really cool, um, that sounds actually really good. <laughs> yes, and then, and you know, like, believe or not, because a lot of time when I teach class, I have leftover. Um, so one time I was teaching a Korean cooking <laughs> class 
And I have a student who say, oh, she, they, they would claim they want to learn how to make authentic Korean food, right? But when they arrive there in the classroom, suddenly they will be like, no, I have never heard of gochujang. I don't want to use that. And because customer is always right, I'll be like, fine, I'll take the gochujang back home. Then I was, my plan was to make Italian meatball, but I happened to have gochujang. So I was like, why don't I just add a gochujang to my meatball? And you know what? It was a pack of umami, the best meatball I've ever made. Yeah. That we make a YouTube, on my YouTube channel, we actually make gochujang meatball with gochujang glaze. It was so good. Oh, I need to look that video up. That sounds amazing. <laughs> you know, kochichan, it's very similar to miso. It's fermented uh, mm -hmm. soybean paste. So it does have that profound umami in it. And just to add it to meatball, oh my God. So to wrap up our conversation, um, uh -huh. I, I, I end all of my episodes with this one question, and that is, what is something that people misunderstand about your son and his diagnosis or just people with disabilities in general? Okay, uh, there are several things that I want to share. Okay, I, I hope that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, first is... If you are a parent who have a child with a disability, and then for second, I will share with the, you know, just in general, you know, how people think about disability. Okay. So first, if you are a parent who has a child with a disability, I actually want you to know that um, this is a blessing. This is, this is a blessing because I, I really think, um, my child help me help me to become a much better person and I have learned so much from him and um I I think I share my, my uh, an article with you through my email so it was an analogy right like you you like I think for every parent, you when you have a child, it's kind of similar that you plan a trip, right? You think, oh, I am going to Rome, right? And then, uh, but by by the time that your flight arrived, you'll be like, no, I'm in Holland. What's going on? <laughs> I landed mm -hmm. in a different place. But I would say, if you spend the rest of your life thinking why I didn't I didn't land on the destination that I planned then you're missing all the beautiful scenery and where you landed, right? And I think before I had my son, I had my son when I was 25, okay? So I, I you know, I, I, I had two masters when I was 24. I used to be that kind of person who think if anybody who does not do well is because he or she doesn't work hard enough. I didn't even really know there's such thing as a learning disability because all of my friends are a student, right? I went to the best high school, best university, and I studied abroad in my early 20s. But to understand that, oh, some people, they are different and really learn to love a child as who he is, it's not that easy because I think for a lot of parents, their children represent them Right, so mm -hmm. they want to say, "Oh, my children oh, went to Harvard, went to Yale." 
And, and, but in part of it, it's about their pride. It's about their ego, right? But when you have a child, you, you know, the, the difference between typical child and children with the disability is with the typical child, sometimes you give them 10%, 20%, but they're like a sponge. They, they will go learn and they, they started to use that little 10 or 20%, they grow to 40, 50, right? But let's say with my little man, I, I might try to bring him 200% of all the knowledge, time, love, attention. And if he gave him 5%, I'm pretty happy to, <laughs> you know, it's mm -hmm. like, right? But I mean, for, for all those things, and then I, I won't be able to one day to say, hey, my, my guy is going to uh, uh, Ivy League or he's, you know, but I think the most incredible thing for me is really to learn uh, unconditional love. It's to love him for who he is and embrace um, all little progress that he made and cheer for him and on, on this journey. And yeah, I, that's I really great. Think, right? That's really great. And, also, and then also because of that, I was able to help out other parents and also be less judging, right? So when I see children has the behavior is kind of different than other children. A lot of time, I, I understand, okay, where it comes from. Um, mm -hmm. And speaking of the, uh, usually how people think about autism, I think one of the biggest problem was because there are tons of movies about children in the spectrum, but are genius, right? right. So a lot of other people, when they know your child has autism, they'll be like, he must be very good at, at one thing. You just mm -hmm. need to find it. But I was like, no, 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 no. Children in the spectrum, there are two kinds. One kind is called high functional, right? So they really might be uh, very uh, advanced in understanding certain things or you know, music or whatnot. And then the other end of the spectrum is we call uh, low functional. And my little man is on low functional side. So he's not verbal. And really what he like to do is just like, maybe you ha have already seen him, right? He, I made my bed before the interview. He made right. the mess and <laughs> playing with his little ribbon. And that's what he does all day. So, and, but I think the funny thing is, you know, if other people's children's typical, you wouldn't go with the assumption that he must be so good at one thing. So even with typical developing children, you won't expect them being a genius. Why would you expect a child who, with the autism, you know, to be genius, must be a genius in a certain way, right? I think wow. that's one thing, right? And, and also the other thing, one day I was reading the content you uh, craft on your social media platform and, and also a big shout out. I think you have done an amazing job. And oh, thank one you. was, yeah, one was about when to give, give help and advice. But that I think you were saying like for people with disability, please do not offer your help or advice um, on, until you are asked, right? Yeah, to make sure that you, yeah, to yeah. make sure that you ask before you help. Don't yes. just and uh, jump in and, and help without yeah. uh, asking first. And I first. think it, it actually really apply to parents who have children with disability as well, yeah. right? Because actually I have, I have done everything that I can 
And when I was 25, I had little, this little man. I first, I didn't prepare that my little man will be different, but I do everything I can. And if he doesn't get where he is compared to other children, it's because he has special needs. And a lot of people, it's good intention, but they will be like, have you tried this? Have you, I, I have heard there's a kind of therapy. You, I, I think one, one thing that I, I heard was most um, kind of unique was a, a dolphin therapy to, to play with a dolphin in ocean or whatnot. But, you know, it, it was a well intention, but also I think, you know, like, it's, uh, and also there are uh, uh, some therapy, they claim they are very useful or whatnot. We don't know what's behind it. Is there evidence, right? It's, you know, but for me, I think it's just, uh, I, I have already, I, I'm doing my, my best, right? I, I take him to see the best doctor in children's hospital. I, I have all different evaluations so he can have a communication device. I hire advocate and I fight to get him to the best private school for children who have severe autism. So really I have done the things I can do and to constantly offer me all those, like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? It kind of feel like, you know, I, I mean, well, I, the, I know how I, to be a parent and- Yeah, and I, I think it's yeah. a thing of where every, I say it all the time, every person is different. You know what's best for your child and it may, you know, what was best for another child that has uh, severe autism, it, you know, they may, it may not work for your son. So it's, you know, the best course of, of treatment and, and actions you need to take for your son and his that will benefit him. So it's, uh, you know, I think people are, they mean well, but it's, it's just a thing of, you know what's best for your uh, for your child, and I love the analogy that you gave of if it's a child without autism, you wouldn't say like, oh, they must be really good at at this one thing. Uh, but that's the but that's all you hear when you when you yes. discuss children with autism because, oh, like you said, because of the movies and and stories that mm -hmm. are out there and and the old movie of uh, Rain Man. It's just. Yeah. Um, you know, you think that they have to be good at the one thing at math, or they remember certain facts, and it's just not like that's that's the case for some people, but not for all. So I think those were very good, uh, very good points that, that you brought up. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate yeah. it. And also in the end, I think it's just um, being a human, like right. You love your children for who he is, right? And mm -hmm. with autism, without autism, it's not really about you. <laughs> I think being a parent, it's not really all about you. And, you know, if your children is a genius or is an ordinary man, right? It is about you. you we are responsible to take good care of our children and cheer them up on this journey and, and love them as who they are. And the other thing I think people usually misunderstand about uh, people in the spectrum is autistic people don't like to be with other people, which is totally wrong. Because as you can see, um, my apartment is not huge, but it's not small. There are tons of uh, uh, different rooms my, my little guy can go. But have you noticed, I didn't even ask him. Uh, he stayed within, you know, yeah. uh, three 
it, it, you know, how does, is this inch, you know? Uh, yeah. So, you know, he, he, he's not social distancing. <laughs> Right. So one thing that's so interesting is autistic people, they do crave and they need company. They need mm-hmm. company just because they don't interact with you like what other typical developing children are. doesn't mean they don't need company or they don't want company. Yeah, uh, it just might look actually, different. Yeah, it just might look yeah, different actually, because like you said, we're we're video recording this and uh your son is is sitting, you know, right behind you and he's like right right to the edge of the camera. So, you know, like you said, he's not social distancing. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, he likes to be with me. And mm-hmm. also I think it's just like uh for example, like because he's not verbal and he cannot really communicate with me. But as you can see, he still wants some attention. That's why he will come here and just show me the, the water bottle, right? Just so I will go do something right. with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. Which, yeah. which, which every child does, you know, they, they, they do want yeah. the attention. They want to be near people. Yes. And it's, oh. it's so true. <laughs> yes, yes. We always so- used to say, um, I know my mom and, and my parents, they always used to say when we were, uh, my sister and I were younger, uh, mm-hmm. we always used to wait until they got on the phone until we needed something or started fussing and fighting with each other. And it's just like, what? Like, can't I have a moment where, you know, I just do something for me? Like I'm, I'm talking on the phone and, and you two want something. And, you know, we didn't want anything all day, but as soon as my parents were busy doing something else, we wanted, uh, wanted their attention. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So children in the spectrum, they are not so much different. They they need right. those love and yeah. attention. Yeah. But the other thing I would say also, um, you know, if you are a parent who have a child with a disability, and of course, amazing thing is to love our children as who she is or who he is and give them our unconditional love. But also I think one thing so important is also to take care of the other child who does not have special need so I always make sure like during one week there's one day my little guy is with his father and I can devote some mommy and me time just with my daughter only because right. I feel like right when when it's two children like you say compete for attention and it's very normal for a parent who kind of give more attention to the children with the disability because we just worry about him we want to be there and we think the other one will manage <laughs> somehow <Yeah>. right mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> we you know like because let's say my little guy i worry you know he won't be able to express how he feels and you know all those things so the first reaction is always what he needs i need to be there i need to know you know all those things but right so the balance for the parents and so for the sibling to understand, um, to have a, a you know a, a family member different. Uh, but in the end of the day, I want to go back to the first thing that I share. It's it is a blessing because mm-hmm. my uh, eight year old daughter can never be so mature. Um, you know, if she didn't have a brother like my son right so to have that compassion uh since she's little and 
I, I, you know, and see how we as a parent, you know, love my little man. I think this is really a blessing. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I loved everything that you said. So thank you so much for that. And just, um, just so we, uh, to, before we wrap this up all the way, um, can you just give, um, give our listeners the information of where they can find you on social media. I know you're on Instagram and your website and your YouTube channel and all of that. So can you provide that information uh, to our yes. listeners? Yes, yes, thank you so much. Yes, mm -hmm. so uh, my website is www.cookingbeautifully. Because my last name is Lee, L-E-E. -E. So www.cookingbeautifully.com. And uh, Instagram is um, Cooking Beautifully, Facebook, Cooking Beautifully, Pinterest, Cooking Beautifully. <laughs> YouTube cooking beautifully, yes. And also we have a Thursday cooking club. So if you want to uh, cook with me like a monthly base and want to get 30 minute one-on-one -on -one cooking consultation, it will be a good club to join us. Or, you know, just participate in a public Zoom cooking class. And if you are a parent who have children with a disability or a special needs, or if you have children or you yourself is on a special diet, or have any different needs you need, uh, welcome to book a private lesson with me because I have served a lot of uh, family uh, because you know they have either the children is very young or children mm -hmm. are in the spectrum or for some reason, it will be a little bit hard for them to attend a public class. Then they hire me to go uh, cook with them one-on-one uh, -on -one. and because I, Believe or not, with my little man and his sensory issue and nonverbal, I actually cook with him several times. And every year I volunteer, go to his school to decorate cupcake uh, with children in the spectrum. Oh, that's and great. And actually, yeah, cooking is a very good therapy, uh, especially like that when you think about decorate cupcake, um, they can sprinkle those uh, little, uh, you know, yeah. skin. Sand sugar, it's very, because uh, children in the spectrum, they like to play sand and that's a very good sensory um, input for them. And also like the chocolate pearl and he can sprinkle mm -hmm. and it's kind of crunchy. He like it in his mouth. Mm -hmm. So when we decorate the cupcake, it's always their favorite time. When oh, I that's go great. We read <laughs> the cupcake. So I have a, a lot of experience, you know, to handle uh, children uh, in the spectrum or with all different kind of a special need to go cook with them or let their family all together. Yes. Oh, that's great. And I uh, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, I, I'm excited to, like I said, I'm excited to get onto your uh, YouTube channel to see about those uh, <laughs> meatballs you made. I didn't forget about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, five spice donuts. Oh yes, five spice donuts. Cider donut. Yes, yes, I will definitely be looking at those <laughs> videos for sure. <laughs> so yeah. thank you, um, Melissa. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it and uh, really enjoyed our conversation. It was very uh, educational for me, so I know that our listeners will enjoy it for sure. And I yeah. will. Um, I'm sure I'll be in touch with you sometime soon. And. Uh, whenever I am back in the uh, Boston area, I will be sure to let you know. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for having me. And and I'm sorry if there's one thing I can add. Uh -huh. It's just, you know, I think for your two, 
not you know never that anybody tell you you know uh you you know your children is different so you can lower your expectation you know i think every parent right you can have your expectation for your child and just be resourceful right try to meet other parents with the who have children with a disability and have your little uh, community to get some moral support. And you, you, don't, you, you don't compromise, uh, you know, if you think your children deserve this service, deserve this education, deserve to go to this private school for children who have significant, you know, uh, how to say, no, just uh, severe autism or whatnot. I, Cause I have been on this journey so I think, right, to, to have a good uh, education advocate or whoever who can help you to fight on this mm-hmm. journey, it's, it's so important. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, um, that's, that's a great piece of advice to not uh, lower your expectations for, um, no. and based off of, especially not based off of what other people tell you. Um, so that's- yes, uh, when, when, I, when I thought, you know, when I know my little man has the diagnosis, and I know that he deserved the uh, special education, go to public school, mm-hmm. and then the 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 man who evaluated him came to my place, and you know what he told me? I'll never forget. He looked into my eyes, and. And, and, and he say, your child is different. And he say, but not everyone, not everyone has to be like Yao Ming, you know, the basketball mm-hmm. player. And first, I, I, I honestly think it's racism because I'm Taiwanese, you know, right. <laughs> and Yao Ming is, uh, is Chinese, right? right? But also second, right. I just want my child, I just want the gap between my child and other children to be smaller and get as much uh, education that he needed for him. It does, it, and, and also, I, I really don't think, you know, because my child is different than, you know, people can use that kind of language to 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 speak to me but for me it's like a lot of time I think the fight was also about resource right like how much resource they want to give to those children right. who are different right and I think just to navigate it and then no matter what other people tell you but you have to be rooting, rooting for your children and and not to not to compromise and continue to advocate for them until you get what you want for them i think that's really really important and I, I, and again i i think it's 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 a blessing because if i don't have a child like this i wouldn't be a a very resilient and, and resourceful uh entrepreneur you know <laughs> right. so yeah yeah so uh, you're you're yeah. doing great things and and like i said i'm excited to uh you know see more of you i'm excited to see more of your uh cooking videos and, and all of the great things that you're doing so thank you again for your time and i will um i'll definitely be in touch with you soon yes thank you so much bye all right, all right. bye have, uh, have a good day